Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Right, all right, all right. What's going on, boys? It's uh, Wednesday night. You already know what time it is. It's SEC after dark. Apparently, Jake didn't get the memo to wear blue tonight, so he's uh, uh, no. <laughs> the oddball of the crew. But uh, joining us, as always, is Jake Thomas, Stephen Willis, and uh, Jeb Beecham in costume tonight. Yes, as- I see. Yeah, look at that. Mr. Commodore in the house. Mr. Commodore is in the house. Um, their house just got a little bit smaller, uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, Eleven days away from kickoff for them. I mean, it's not unprecedented for stadiums to be the, under the construction. Qu- but it's still yeah. funny. Twenty-eight thousand people, right? Will Vandy have a home sale out this year? Oh, hey, it's possible. I mean, they have home. They have a bunch of sellouts. They have their grudge match with the Auburn Tigers for mm-hmm. leading the series. That's happening this year. Yeah, that is absolutely happening. So, yeah. uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that we are presented by Dead Soxie. So, Ole Miss fans, our friends at Dead Soxie have a unique way for you to back your favorite team by subscribing to the Ole Miss NIL Sox subscription. You'll get the latest. <laughs> greatest freshest socks and also directly support old miss athletics you're not just a subscriber you're a member you're a member of the family as a member you get perks like top priority access you get a you get new old miss socks and a standing constant 25 percent discount and free shipping plus you score a free pair of limited edition juice kiffin socks when you sign up no membership fees no fuss you can pause, skip, or cancel at any time. Just add a pair of NIL socks to your cart, set your delivery frequency, and you're all set to go. So head to deadsoxy.com now and join the Old Miss NIL subscription. And as always, stay soxy, my friends. And also, on top of that, uh, when we when we reintroduce our pick segment, we are uh, those are going to be powered by BetOnline.ag, your number one sports betting place. Everything you need, live bets, props, futures. You can bet on the Heisman Trophy winner. You can bet anything in a MLB, NHL, NBA when it's back, NFL coming soon, uh, and, of course, college football where we will make our picks. Uh, so you can bet on all picks. of that. Picks. Picks at betonline.ag. Plus they, have a lot, plus, they have an online casino. So if you like casino games, it's the place for you. So um, if you want – if, if that, any of that sounds interesting to you, which – if you're better, I don't know why it wouldn't, but head to betonline.ag either on your mobile device or your computer and type in the promo code BELIEVE to get your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, it's where the game starts. So, hey, guys, you, I, you, you, you know. Hey, I got I got two things we could probably bet on on BetOnline. Okay. All right, hit, uh, hit me with it. How many uh, interceptions will Everett's going to throw in preseason? And, over and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever and, it is over yeah. and how many how how many times Bryce Young had to scramble for his life behind that offensive line that the Panthers have for him because that's all he did in that preseason game uh they'll they'll get I, I think some of that will get worked out I, I think I they have so. some, some things uh schematically I think we'll we'll they'll, they'll fix it they're they're not as bad as they seem on the offensive line in Carolina 
they're pretty bad, but they're not they're not quite run for your life all the time bad. So I'll take the under on that. But Will Levis, oh god, that was rough. awful. That was that was rough, man. Um, not gonna lie about that. So um after after this preseason, we're absolutely still on track to say this. The people that drafted Anthony Richardson and Will Levis are GMs that are going to get fired. <laughs> and the Titans GM is brand new. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a tough one to debut with, right? Mm-hmm. I, he made so many other good moves and good picks. Mm-hmm. This one, I can't get behind this one. You you even traded up to go get Will Levis. Like I watched some be there. But listen to this. Like, if you wanted a backup, somebody to develop for Ryan Tannehill. I've watched some of some of these preseason games I watch. You know who looks really good or who looked really clean? I mean, I get it, it's preseason. He's not he's going against a bunch of people that probably aren't going to be on the roster later. Mm-hmm. But Clayton Toon, you could have got him in the fifth, sixth round. Right. What's he's up, Lennox? He'd be a solid backup. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, he's got poise. I I I don't I don't think he's somebody that can start long term, but I, I think if you if you had to put him in for a series or two, I don't think he'd kill you. Right. Um Stetson Bennett looked good. <laughs> yeah. He looked poised. <laughs> uh, and honestly, Anthony Richardson has looked good early on. Mostly, yes. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's been some throws. What some of yeah. His issues are kind of fixable. He, he right. should not be starting year one. They, he should be no. on McNair plan. Mm-hmm. The, the sets the kid up for um, failure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a disaster. Yeah. But I will say this for the Titans, Malik Willis looks a million percent better than he, he did does. last year. I think it's just he's just more comfortable. It's I think a- he is a better coordinator. Mm-hmm. I, I just think there's there's a lot of things going in his favor. What'd you say? Yeah, you say, Steve? It's just amazing how sitting and watching and actually ingesting everything and letting it slow down to whenever you can naturally play ball, how that helps you out. Malik Willis right. is going to be fine. They the Titans jumped the gun on the Will Levis thing. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Again, that's going to be it's going to be the the ultimate donkey move for Rand Carton because I think will I think Malik Willis is just better right now. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd say that, but it, it's true. It's true. He looks more poised. He's he's got better pocket presence. He can obviously he can run. You know you know he's got the the quarterback run game and the scramble ability in his back pocket when he needs it. But he's more he's developing more as a passer. He's beginning to see things that he could not see last year. As yeah, far as okay. reads go, so what are we doing? AFC South after dark right now. Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah. So yeah. speaking speaking of AFC yeah. after dark, so the Texans. <laughs> yeah. God Almighty. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. talked about the Colts. We talked about the Titans. Yeah. Next well, Jags. Why not? Let's I, go. All right, Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> I think the Jaguars are actually pretty good. To be honest, Jaguars with you. are actually pretty good. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> it's funny and it's counterintuitive to say that, and you feel like it. Yeah, if y'all did y'all have y'all seen the Good Place, like that series that was on for a little bit? I've seen. I've never seen um, it, but I've seen. I've well, heard the, of it. One of the characters, the whole premise of the show, and I'm about to give spoilers away. So if y'all are anybody's interested in watching the Good Place, just stop listening for just a second. Don't cut it off. Just mute it. Um, and the Good Place is a situation where, like, the man that designs situations in hell decided to get creative. And his hell that he created was for four people design a situation where it looked like you were in heaven and that they made a mistake to get there. And they were always constantly worried about being found out as a fraud. That, that was the whole premise of the show. Well, one of the characters on the show, this is a long way to go for this. And this joke is not that good for that. Uh, one of these, a huge Jacksonville Jaguars fan. 
And they had a running joke through the series. They're like, hey, have we messed with his, um, the future? He's like, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars are good. And stuff like that. And, and, and that's just a running joke of that show. That's a really funny show that anybody wants to watch. It's, it's a couple of seasons long, but the first season's really good. Okay. okay. I might have yeah. to jot that down you. on my list of shows that I'll probably never get to. So, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still not on burn notice yet. <laughs> oh man, Getting that's there. so good. I had to do 1923. So, um, all right. Well, tell, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Have y'all seen the finale yet? No. No, I haven't. Good. Good. I'm not. Yeah. Because I Jeb, haven't. Mr. Commodore, he's hanging out with friends from work. He said he's he needs to go out to hang out with them from work because he's in town and they're doing layoffs right now. It's like that they lay you off for not coming out in after your work hours. I don't think they can do that. <laughs> Ain't there some kind of law preventing that? I, I, I think that was just one of those lame excuses. But Jeb is having some water cooler chats. Hopefully, hopefully he's holding his phone up and 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 having us playing uh, during the party, like two other like he's showing other people. Hey, hey. Um, we're going to put this up right here. This is for Corey. Yes, Linux, you're I right. Mean, Linux, you may not be wrong. I'm just not there yet. <laughs> I have a long true. list of TV shows that I haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> and some of, half of that list will probably never be. Like, I, I still need to watch House of Dragons. Not there yet. Need to watch Burn Notice. Not there yet. <laughs> I need to watch the other Yellowstone spinoffs. Not there yet. Mm -hmm. um, so... Hey, Back Van, to our original point. This is going to freak you out, but I have met the Vandy Whistler. Both. Oh of them. wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've met I've met them in the wild, but yes, they do exist. I, I've met that. No, they person. do exist. They they do mm -hmm. exist. There, there's there's some Vandy fans. My head coach at Innsworth is a Vandy guy. He played yeah. at Vandy. Um. So Jacksonville Jaguars. They actually have an Ole Miss guy, Evan Ingram. <laughs> Mm -hmm. be one they got the a couple of Snoop Connors on that team too. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tank Bixby. He's good at football. Go figure. Um, he's actually having a solid rookie campaign. Um, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is going to be, he's going to take a huge leap. Like that might be one of the most underrated coaching hires that they made was, was uh, hiring Doug Peterson to follow up Urban Meyer. Cause Doug Peterson Doug Peterson was great in Philly. Him and the GM just were this. Wait, are, are we really doing AFC South after dark? I was <laughs> joking about that. I was leaning into it, Steve. I, I really was. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Lane is relaxed, right? I, 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 had, to finish, I had to finish my point. Oh, yeah. that, was, that was going to bother me. Okay, so Lane is relaxed, right? So, Steve, tell us why Lane is relaxed. Um, this is situation in practice. They're they're not doing normal camp stuff. They're not hitting. They're practicing shorter periods of time. There's a lot more classroom work. There's more walkthroughs. And whenever Lane is in front of the media, he's absolutely relaxed. And here's my theory on that. And we're going to do the preview next week um, as well. I wanted to save the best for last on that one. to be Alabama, Ole Miss, and LSU next week. But – my theory is he knows who's going to be his quarterback. Jackson Dart is going to be the quarterback. He's taken 90%, 95% of the first-team reps during fall camp. Um, Walker Howard is down. They run two fields during practice. He's taken most of the reps on the second field, so they're obviously trying to race him up and get him ready to go. Lane Kiffin, if 
he was worried and concerned about Ole Miss's football team because this is exactly what every football coach does, and Corey can attest to this. Yeah. If he right. wasn't sure about how good his football team was, they'd be beating the hell out of each other right now and trying to find the right people that can play football. But the fact that he's pretty confident where he is, you can see him just, you know, he's messing with times around. They're doing open scrimmages this late in, in fall camp. Lane, Lane Kiffin's feeling it a little bit right now. And rightfully so. I mean, he, I mean, he's got a loaded quarterback room. We all know that, but mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, there's some starting to be some serious talent at Ole Miss. Now, is that talent vast across the two deep? I, I don't know that you're there yet, but like you're 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 trending upward uh, over there at Ole Miss, and and they've always been ever since Lane Kiffin took over, they've always been a very exciting team to watch. Like I, right. I think offensively, they do a lot of stuff, and one of the great one of one of the most fun things that that I did uh, was when Steve you started uh, at what was called Positively Ole Miss at the time. Um, we did that boot camp, the offense. Yeah, and that was that was so much fun. Yeah, just looking at exactly what Lane Kiffin does offensively, and it doesn't matter the offensive coordinator that comes in; they do the stuff that he wants to do. But drilling down to the exactly like the the tent poles of his structure, it, it was really, really yeah. cool indeed. And 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 now, and now we're starting to get a glimpse into the structure of his practices, the structure of his mm-hmm. recruiting, how he builds the brand. Like you're starting to see all of that now, which is which is exciting. And I will say this, this is the most talented Ole Miss football team in my lifetime. They might not win 10 games, 11 games, but as far as talent goes, the potential is there. I mean, you have the best running back in college football. You have a four deep, a legitimate four deep in the quarterback room. The wide receiver room is ridiculous. You have two projected NFL tight ends. The offensive line returns everybody. I think people are overlooking Ole Miss just because of the way they finished. And a lot of that, I honestly, I think of that as it was sabotage. After the Alabama game and everything that was going on with the Auburn situation and how that kind of got out of control, the end of the season kind of spiraled on. But if you honestly say, if Zach Evans does not get hurt last year against Alabama, Ole Miss wins that game. Ole Miss would have won that game if Quinshawn Judkins would not have run out of gas at the end of it. When they had to take him out and could not put him back in, that might as well have just given the game to Alabama. But Ole Miss was getting ready to score at the end of that game. Against LSU, Zach Evans, again, did not play. So what did Lane Kiffin do? He has a four deep in the running back room moving forward. Yeah, I mean, Quinchon Judkins, man, that that dude's best back in the the conference. Yeah, he's best back in the country. And then you have Jim Griffin, who transferred in from Morgan State. You have um, Ulysses Bentley, who was an all-conference player at SMU. And and then you have a true freshman that was the MVP of the Polynesian Bowl high school all-star game in Kedrick Riscano. And there's just talent that just layers of it. Lane Kiffin has done an underrated job of roster building. And I think whenever he looks around and whenever he sees practice, he's like, hey, we're in pretty good shape. Um, so we need to not mess this up. We need to not roll an ankle of Quinshawn, who, who basically at this point is in bubble wrap. Now they're going to have to hit him a little bit in scrimmages later on there, but the first scrimmage they treated as the first NFL preseason game to where Jackson Dart played through nine passes and Quinshawn, you weren't even allowed to hit him 
it, it, stuff like that. They put the f- true freshman in for hitting whenever they wanted the defensive lineman to hit a running back. They put the two freshmen in. So yeah. I, I, I'm pretty excited about where this team could be. There was a po- there was an article um, in the New York Post today, and this will be a first for this program, quoting a New York Post, Post article, <laughs> where Ole Miss and LSU are the betting favorites to win the SEC West. And hmm. even over – I guess there maybe people are getting nervous about the quarterback situation at Alabama a little bit, but I'm sure it's going to be fine, honestly. Uh, it, by the time Alabama and Ole Miss plays at the end of September, um, everything will be fine. I do worry that for the Texas game, Alabama might have some issues. They need to get right before then, but I think they'll be right before the te- Alabama and Ole Miss game. Yeah, absolutely, man. And 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 one of the things I was going to say about Lane and, and the way he's built this roster, normally I don't – be excited, Steve, yeah. Mm-hmm. So normally I don't condone – or normally I don't usually say that getting this many transfers is a good thing. But I think what he's done is he's he's bounced the roster with guys that are experienced within his system and bringing guys in to help here, there. And, like, he's brought in, like, pieces – but like more pieces than most, but they just, he's just found a way to find guys that fit. And he has guys like Quinchon Jackson, Jackson Dark, Michael Trigg. Uh, there's some, uh, some offensive linemen, I don't know their name yet, but guys that know the system, right? Mm-hmm. That can say, okay, hey, new guy, here's the nuances of the system. Let's, uh, let's do this. Or defensively, everything's new defensively. So that's a wash. But, um, because you have you have Pete Golding, which I think is going to be a, I think is going to be a good fit for Ole Miss. Not a good fit for Alabama. Not saying he can't coach. Just saying that Alabama just wasn't right for Pete Golding, necessarily. Yeah, and and you look at talent wise, Ole Miss picked up transfers after this window. The, the, these players might have to sit out and be of that not be available until twenty twenty four. But Chris Graves from Miami, a four star top one hundred player, T.J. Dudley from Alabama transferred in as well Suntary and perkins no wasn't wasn't uh, dudley from clemson yeah he came from clemson uh, but he's from alabama the state, oh, okay. the state of alabama gotcha yeah. okay um but them with Suntary and perkins th- th- there's some legit real talent being developed um uh, at ole miss right now and despite what auburn people would want you to think I'm not blowing smoke here. Although Auburn, by the way, if you listen, saw my Twitter feed today and yesterday. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Wait a second. Okay, here we go. Uh, you would think that yeah, Auburn is now. the greatest blue blood in the history of college football and not a little brother to Alabama. I hate schools with inferiority complexes. Uh, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. It's six and one, half a dozen of, an, of the other. Mm-hmm. But they can't – they need to feel superior to somebody. And even when they're not, they're just, hey, we're going to fake it until we make it. And <laughs> Hugh Freeze is in the ascendancy of his recruiting. We saw this at Ole Miss. We had like the number three or four recruiting class in the country at Ole Miss. And then four years later, Matt Luke was the coach and Mississippi State was putting 55 up on the home field mm-hmm. uh, on Hugh Freeze. So we, we've seen the beginning, we've seen the good, and we saw how it ended. And it's just a cycle that Auburn has to go through, essentially. But hey, Auburn's going to have two or three years. They're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Auburn also believes that they're a blue blood in basketball, too. Let's not forget that. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. This thing that I have with Auburn fans at the moment, and, and, and it all stems from the fact that I'm confident in my team. I don't care about their team. They're nobody. But if you attack my team, I'm going to defend it. Right. And I'm confident enough to do that. Personally, I don't care if you win 10 games. I'm not going to lose sleep over what you do if you win three games, if you win 10 games, if you go to an outback bowler or if you're a Birmingham bowl runner-up again. It doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't. Right now in the 2020s, in recent history of college football, you're an also-ram. You're a mid-program. That doesn't change. That could change with Hugh Freeze, but mm-hmm. those that is what's happened in the last three years. You do not have a winning record in the 2020s. Rectify that. Talk to me in that order. Don't skip steps, but that's the order you have to go in because I'm not just going to play and say, hey, we assume that everything's going to go all right. Because, Steve, I'm not going to lie. I haven't listened to a word you said in the last five minutes. I've been reading your Twitter feed here. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's wild. Yeah. It's, it's uh, absolutely nuts. It, it, uh, I don't even know what you were saying. You, yeah, you, you could have been saying anything. But yeah, it, it's it's silly, and, and you come up there, and they come in there, and they say something absolutely ridiculous, like something to do with Cam Newton. Is then somebody comes in, says, "Oh, Mike drop you assassinated him." It's like, come on. Oh my god. Come on. Come on, be be realistic. Don't just pick the time frame for you to win, and not allow me to do the exact same thing. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. But I think it's all important that we just understand this fact, okay? That even Missouri has been to the SEC championship game more than Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. That's that's what started it. That is what started <laughs> I, I it today. <laughs> that's what that. started it today. Black will be going in worse. on you, man. Zach oh, going in on you, dude. That's pretty oh, crazy. Oh, Zach's my boy. And here's here's the secret to this. We're oh, doing getting, that on purpose. He's getting us. He's getting that thing stirred up. Yeah. 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 We're doing it on purpose because our crossover episode is going to break records. Yeah. That's see. If I would have been the if I'd have been the Mississippi State locked on guy, which mm. kind of glad. I'm, well, I don't know. Kind of glad I'm not. It's it's because it's Mississippi State. But um, I would I would started needling you like that too. Yeah, he came in and was like, this is just a thing. Ole Miss has never been to an SEC championship game. And I just said, hey, the recent Birmingham Bowl runner-up has spoken. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. But, hey, it is. It's like I said, schools with inferiority mm-hmm. complex, A&M, Mississippi State, Auburn. Um, like Florida State is that school in Florida. Um I guess Georgia Tech would be that wait, school. Wait, Florida in State inferiority complex to Florida. I, I they sure do. About that? Yeah, they do. They do. That the, what they're pulling in the um, ACC right now about hell. We need to get out is because Florida is going to make more money. Well, and they're, they they're, 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 I don't know. They, about they that. can't handle it. Um, I think I, I, I don't know which one on it is one. in South Carolina. I don't know they which just one hate has each other. the the inferiority, inferiority complex in South Carolina. They kind I, of I, just I, – I think that – and I think South Carolina, Clemson, and Florida, Florida State is kind of like the same. Like you – like it just goes year to year based on like where the needles moved. Like you, not one has more than the other of an inferiority complex, which means they neither of them really do. It just – they just are mutually – they just mutually hate each other and can't handle it. When the other one does good, 
Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech has a really bad inferiority complex. Yeah. Like Arkansas State, because they were the only school. LSU was the only school, um, really. Um, Tennessee was the only school. I would imagine Louisville was that school in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. When it comes to basketball, good Lord. I, I don't yeah. know which I don't know which one is that school in like between Missouri and Kansas because one of them is the inferior. I think Missouri is probably that school in that little pairing, Missouri and Kansas. Because can I, I think because Kansas has like they don't really care, <laughs> and because of basketball, mm-hmm. um, definitely basketball. But like mm-hmm. I'm talking in, in football sense, like Kansas, like they just do their thing and they don't really care. And, Missouri gets all bent out of shape when they do when they do something good. Yeah, it, it's 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 nuts. It's, it's the most toxic thing in college football, and those schools pretend that this is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, it's just sad. Oh, Chauncey, okay. I am not going to get on the Michael Orr situation because that is a family dispute, and it's sad, and it is not really relevant to Ole Miss at all, other than the fact that they played there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to go down that road at all, but it mm. is a totally sad situation. Yeah. It that is. that situation is not great. Mm. Uh, not great at all. I, I don't know how it's going to turn out. Um, I, I don't think there's just not going to be any good way for that to turn out. Yeah. I think yeah. there's been some severe damage now. So I think, I think some bridges have been burned just a few. So, um, anyway, I, uh, you know, I feel like right here, Van's comment is a great segue to our team preview since we have A&M tonight. So we're presented by Segway, um, <laughs> the official scooter of Paul Blart. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, wait. Okay. So, yeah, Texas 8-4. and four. So the big storyline here, all right, we're talking about Texas A&M, what they're going to look like for the 2023 wait, season. Just, just a second. Real quick, I need to say this. Van, no, you haven't. What? No, you haven't. You've been extremely blessed to be an Alabama fan. I don't know. He might have been around in the eighties. How old are you, Van? Bobby Bryant. That's gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna. That's gonna. Ray Perkins was bad. It might have been bad, but every coach that has coached at Alabama, I believe, has won ten games in a season. Like even Mike Shula did that. Yeah. So the highest of the lows and the lowest of the lows. That's not it. Mississippi State has a losing all-time record. Vanderbilt is just, hey, we need to try and make it to a bowl game. How cool would that be? That's the lowest of the lows, and I don't think Bama fans. Now, there was a three and eight in there. I will give you that. I think, um, who was it, Franchoni or maybe? Oh, um, God, yeah. You know, I, there, there was a three and eight in there. and But it, it's not necessarily the lowest of the lows, in my what, opinion. What did y'all finish in the 03 season? Because I, I saw a very low moment in that where Thomas Davis took out three quarterbacks in a row. Yeah. That, that was a three and eight season. That, that was a very low moment <laughs> for, for Alabama. <laughs> that had to be yeah. humbling. Chauncey bringing the heat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chauncey. Love it. There's dude. an article, by the way, one of the biggest wins in Mississippi State history. And they talk about it. Every Mississippi State fan will talk about this game. They beat Bear Bryant in Mississippi Memorial Stadium six to three. And I was like, oh my goodness, y'all did that. And the other game, y'all beat Auburn one year three to two. What mm-hmm. come on? Just just offense is like the enemy in that area. 
Yeah. I, I know I'm going off the rails and I'm just attacking everybody yeah. at this point. We're, but we're just, all, yeah. we're just yeah. off the rails and I love it. Yeah. You'll get you'll get your shot at Mississippi State fans here in a little while, Steve. Yeah. Mike Price, NCAA sanctions, bull band, scholarships, Mike DeBose and the secretary. That's right. Sylvester Croom, Mississippi mm. State beat Saban. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Croom did. Mm-hmm. And he, right. he played at Bama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good one. Mm-hmm. They beat Saban in his first year. Um, of course, that are ULM that year. Just saying. Yeah, it's 21 to 14. Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> Van. <laughs> poor, poor guy. How old are you, Van? You still haven't answered that question. That's Mike DuBose, that's the one I was thinking of. Mike DuBose, yeah. Mm. And the secretary, yeah. That, that was not a great moment. Um yeah, one of, my so, favorite, one of my favorite names in SEC history is Wimp, Wimp Sanderson. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite name. Whenever I thought SEC, like that was the name I thought of, and it wasn't even on this person. Thirty-four, mm-hmm. younger than me, Van. Oh, he's only two years older than me. Jesus, Jake, how young are you? Thirty-two. I mean, count it up. Thirty-four yeah. and two years older. Come on, Corey, do some math a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I that, that was a rhetorical question there, boss. <laughs> Jesus. Like, I can't believe you're that significantly younger than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all significantly younger than Steve, though. So, it's all good. yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think George Washington is younger than me. <laughs> it's, what it's just didn't, a clone. You, didn't you mentor him? In, in, yeah. uh, are, you, are you an AI, Steve? I taught him how to, I taught him how to ride. Yeah, Michael Specs is already coming to picks. Picks, you, hey, you know what, Michael? We're hey. going to do picks next week. Picks are back next week, which means Bay could be back, right? Uh, maybe I have to beg yeah. her to come back on. Uh, but the pick segment, for those who do not know, it's our best segment on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everybody gets to play along. We talk about the games and give our picks, then why we're picking them. And it's about 30 minutes long. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's like the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like an entire Wednesday night pick segment. Yeah, Cassie says she can't wait for the picks either. That's okay. It's what pe- it's what the people want, and Becky better deliver because the people want Becky. People don't give a crap about us. They, I mean, they, she they won it last Becky. year. She's got to be back. She got to defend that title. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it, she make. And by the way, Becky makes picks based on the attractiveness of the uniforms, <laughs> the the better named of head coaches, fight songs. If you all remember you know, that, she mascots. just she has a roller get Rolodex, and she's going to figure out how to do it, and she's going to beat us in picks this year, just like mm-hmm. she did last year. No, I'm coming. I'm coming for that title. I'm coming for that crown. Mm-hmm. Well, you started out hot last year, and then 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 cooled off, Corey. So you need to be. Oh, more I, I came out. I came out of the gates like mm-hmm. I was running a four two, and then. Ha- you know, like halfway through the season, I pulled up lame. <laughs> yeah, blew out a hammy. <laughs> blew out a hamstring. Yeah. And just <laughs> limped to the finish line. By the way, um, we'll discuss this as the season gets closer. The clock change rules to make it more NFL-like to where instead of 80 plays, you might have 70 in a game. means that tempo offenses are not going to be detrimental to your own defense as much. Mm-hmm. So you can actually do tempo more, and it's going to take a little bit of people, a little while for people to figure that out. So mm-hmm. advantage Tennessee, advantage Ole Miss, advantage Pete advantage. Golding. 
we're, we got 20 people um, watching at the moment. So I just thought I'd throw that in. I imagine it's Tide Talk Live that's um, carrying the mail on that one. Yeah. I got 11. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Pete Golding. Remember in 1999, won an SEC championship and lost to Louisiana Tech during the same season. It will never yep. be replicated again. Don't say never. <laughs> that was the year y'all faced uh, Tom Brady in the Orange Bowl, right? Yeah, and we got beat, what, two overtimes, I think? Tom Brady and uh, Charles Woodson, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, let's do our previews for this week before we go too long tonight. Oh, yeah, those things. Okay, yeah. so previews. I think Jake is first this time. Well, who's we, – no. We segued into Texas A&M. Uh, yeah. And we got off the rails. Though, so yeah. we'll, we'll stay on that train, right? Just get this one over with. All right, Texas A&M. So – uh, oh. Jimbo and Jimbo and Bobby Petrino are going to fight on the sidelines. Okay, Gur, <laughs> very Gur, baby. Yeah. So they come in. They were Texas five and seven, um, two and six in conference. So here's some things here. All right, Texas A&M. They can only go up, right? Uh, right. This is where mm -hmm. you participate, right? I guess. Okay. I, I, I did not know this was audience participation. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. It's always participation, but when I point at you. Okay, so Bobby Petrino, they bring him in, offensive guru, but we all know Jimbo Fisher, angle, let it go. So, but what what are the pieces they have to work with? Connor Wegman. You know, we, we, we saw glimpses of Connor Wegman and, and flashes, glimpses of the of that talent that he has. Um, but uh again, it's gonna be a very, very hostile situation. Um you got Max Johnson. You got Marcel Reed uh, also in the mix. I wouldn't be surprised if Marcel Reed took over halfway through the season, uh, to be honest with you. But um, this is going to be this is going to be an interesting deal at quarterback. But they're going to have a good receiving core. Receiving core. Anaya Smith is coming back. He's coming back from a leg injury. Um, that's going to be good. Evan Stewart uh, and Donovan Green are are the three uh, big pass catchers. Donovan Green being the tight end. Uh, Reuben Owens has to make an impact at running back. He's taking over for Devin A-Chain. Uh, and then this O-line, uh, they have two future NFL guys, center Bryce Foster and 6'8", 330-pound tackle uh, Ruben Fathery. I think I said that right. So offensively, again, they just got to hit on explosive plays. They've got to take advantage of field position, they, and they've got to put sixes across the board instead of threes. So um, I think they have the I think they have the pieces to do it, it's just a matter if the two nitwits uh, calling the shots are going to be able to get along long enough to actually do something with this offense, and that's going to be a key factor there. Defensively, okay, um, they they might be number one in the nation against the pass, um, but here's here's why. Defensive front, they're supposed to be dominant, um, and they're they're starting to pay off. Walter Nolan. Um, he's got he's shown flashes last year. He's got to take that next step. Shamar Turner and Fidel Diggs also. Um, so their their defensive line is starting to take shape a little bit. Um, they have Tony Grimes transfer from North Carolina. If you remember that name, he actually reclassed right before graduation, graduated early and enrolled early at North Carolina. Josh DeBerry transferring in from Boston College. Those are two NFL guys. Tony Grimes is a corner. Uh, Sam McCall also coming in from Florida State. Uh, again, secondary got real strong through the transfer portal, and you you add that to Damani Richardson, and you have a pretty good back end there. Like I said, 
if this team can get their you-know-what together. Uh, linebackers should be really good. Chris Russell, um, he was a leading tackler last year. He's coming back. No reason he shouldn't be the leading tackler again. He joins Edrin Cooper uh, as well. So they uh, that's going to be a good tandem uh, as the as the linebacking core. So that's your defense right there. So when you, when you look at the season for Texas A&M, um, obviously stop the run. They got to be better against the run. They allow 2,500 yards um, over 2,500 rushing yards. Um, and teams that were able to run the ball su- uh, successfully were all were actually able to run the ball successfully against A and M. So if you had if you were in a slump running the ball, just play Texas A and M. That'll get you out of your slump. So they need to get better at that. Uh, they're two and five when they allow over four and a half yards per carry. Um, Josh DeBerry's their biggest gain. That's debatable. Uh, Chris Den- uh, Denver Harris he transferred out to LSU. They're their uh, key player is defensive tackle McKinley Jackson. He's going to be the the swing guy there. And their key game. What do you think their key game is? Ole Miss, Alabama. No, they they have their key. It can't be Georgia because they're not allowed to play, right? Right. No, they're they're not allowed to play that one. Um, Arkansas. I don't know what this one's a head scratcher. I don't know why this is their key game. Really? I don't know. Oh, I I play. can tell you why it's their key game. If you look at their schedule. I think that's the start of a run that has like um, Alabama, LSU, or not LSU, Alabama, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. It's like a there's like a four game stretch that if they lose that Arkansas game, that things could absolutely go sideways and cost Jimbo his job. Yeah, so it's a key game because if they lose that game, they may be five and seven again. They've got to yeah. beat. It could get ugly. It could get ugly. That's the, that's the Texas four and eight. Yeah, Texas. <laughs> Two and two and ten. Yeah, <laughs> Texas open head coaching job. Um, yeah. By the way, Texas A and M is the only school in the SEC currently, and actually, you can say this um, once Texas and Oklahoma comes in as well, that has not won a national championship in the Big Three um, sports since 1940. Oh, geez. Wow. You want to hear some fun facts for the for the Aggies? Time of possession. Uh, their opponents have been on average. Uh, 32 minutes and 12 seconds to Texas A&M's 27 minutes, 52 seconds. Red zone, uh, A&M is 34 of 38 in the red zone for 89%. And their opponents are 32 of 44, 73%. Not good. Um, Opponents, the the total yards is almost dead even. Uh, A&M's 4,330 to the opponent's 4,380. So that's just about even there. So the went the over-under win total is set at 7.5. I'm going to take the under. Under. Uh, I'll tell you what. Over-under on, say, week four, over-under before Barbara Trino and Jimbo getting to uh, over. It's a match over. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what 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 do I have to say to say sooner? Yeah, yeah it's like six under. books out there and a trapper keeper of his plays. You know, <laughs> right. trying yeah. to figure out what's going on. And Bob Petrino, you know, he's like, no, no, no. We just, let me handle Glasses this. And Jimbo's like, no, I have the perfect play right. in here. It is it's in, in here. I find the green tab. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you know the loud sound it makes. Uh, you, you got 15 seconds to get a play call off. I got it right here somewhere. Hey, have you seen my readers? It's around your neck, Jimbo. Right. Good. Oh, I could be right here. Yeah, on his nose. 
Yeah. Looks up. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's Texas A&M in a nutshell. And he's like, and I want some cheese logs. And it's like, no, and, you're looking at the wrong thing. And I want to go back to a comment SEC football made earlier. It said it doesn't seem to matter what A&M's record is. They play they play tough or play us tough. I don't know who you're talking about us, but yeah, they didn't really play. They didn't really play tough against Appalachian State. <laughs> yeah, they they played the opposite. Right. They play tough against Miami. I think they have to yeah. play Miami this year again. By the way, and it's in South Florida, and <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and I think, I think it, that's in September. And if that has a chance to be two o'clock in the afternoon and just an absolute temperature zoo, when there'll be six thousand people in the stadium, but mm-hmm. a temperature zoo. I think that's when it could come unraveled. It could. I think Adam's best chance to win that game is to forget their uniforms, uh, have to borrow some from Middle Tennessee State, and they'll win. Mm-hmm. Very Gerper, Corey. <laughs> Very Gerper. Very Gerper. Get the Gerper. The took her jabs. All right. So, where are we at? I'll go middle this time. We'll do yeah. Mississippi State, the other cult team. <laughs> in our program today and but we'll try and be honest about it they're coming off a nine and four season with an um rely quest bowl win over the illinois fight in illini they won the egg bowl over Ole miss on a two-point conversion it was actually a pretty good game that kind of got game got squirrely and got good at the end mm-hmm. um jackson dart actually played pretty well that night um but it's a situation with you have the mike leach situation we don't want to kind of relitigate that but zach arnett has been hired for his first season to be the head coach but mm. the one thing that he has done as he's gotten rid of the air raid system since mike leach is gone he's moved over to the at appalachian state offense um earmuffs texas a&m um, spread. so here's the problem Will Rogers, everybody's talking about Will Rogers because everybody looks at it as like, hey, Will Rogers is a five-star quarterback, just for instance. But those don't exist. You have a five-star pocket passer. You have a five-star dual threat. You have a good football player that does something well. You don't just have a good football player. Those are increasingly rare, and you don't generally see them at a program like Mississippi State or even Ole Miss. That is not even a shot. Uh, but – Will Rogers running the air raid. The air raid is like um, ethanol for a quarterback and the things that they teach you that you have to unlearn to play a normal style offense. So Will Rogers could struggle. I think Mike Wright could be the starting quarterback by the time the Egg Bowl comes around because of that. Because we saw last year, Jackson Dart came from USC, which was an air raid system under Graham Harold. Went to an RPO system, he struggled a little bit. The reads were a little bit different. It, all the muscle memory that he built up, he held the ball a little bit too long. Stuff like that was a problem for Jackson Dart. I think Will Rogers is going to go through the same thing um, as, the, as that. The one massive plus is the return of just about everybody on the offensive line. They've got everybody back. That is a big thing. Now, they have to learn how to run block, and they have to do that effectively, especially with some um, gap scheme stuff that they're probably going to have to do in the um, Appalachian State system as opposed to just simply one run play, which was like inside zone. And they also have backs. Even though Dylan Johnson is gone, they have Juquavius Marks, and they got Simeon Rice and the Penn State transfer, Kevontae Lee. So that should be pretty good as well. Now, the good news for the Mississippi State Bulldogs would be on the defensive side of the ball. 
They have returned two linebackers with that got over 110 tackles last year. They're good on the defensive line. Zach Arnett has done a really good job building up that side of the ball. Now, the offense can strain that side of the ball, and, and Mike Leach did, honestly did not do that. Um, so we'll see. It starts with a line that has to replace a few different decent parts, but they do have Nathan Pickering and Jaden Cromedy um, and a couple of players that could kind of show out. They have a bunch of new parts on the secondary that they need to fill in pretty quick because this is the thing that nobody will tell you about Mississippi State's season. All of their difficult games are at home. You get Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss, all in Starkville, which though it's a situation where they might go one and three in the conference, and then they have to go on the road and play teams like Arkansas. So you could put up a really crooked number negatively if everything doesn't go to plan. So we'll see exactly how that goes. But the talent is there. This is a nine-win team. They're going to do nine um, downfield passing. And we'll see. Like, Rara Thomas went to Georgia. He was the transfer that was out. They did get the game from um, Penn State as well. Their key game this year, Kentucky, which, by the way, they're wearing their 1998 jerseys. Absolutely the best look for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we could see, I don't know if we will, but we could see Mississippi State in those that strip and Ole Miss wearing the powder blue helmets and the white jerseys, it could be a terrific uniform game. Do not screw that up, Mississippi State, as well. Um, their best player is linebacker Nathaniel Watson. They also had Jet Johnson. That, like I said, they had two linebackers over 110 tackles. Will Rogers, DeCamerian, um, Camarian Richardson, Jaquavius Marks, Nathan Pickering, Cameron Jones, Jordan Davis, Cole Smith, two offensive linemen, and Jaden Wally. Um, if you look at their fun stats, they outscored opponents last year in the first quarter, 97 to 27. That's a sign of a good coach, well-coached football team. Fourth down conversions, they were 15 to 29. That's pretty good. Opponents were a little bit less than 50%. And passing yards per game, 311 and 210. But you have to think that that number is going to go down a little bit um, with a leaning on running the football as well. Mississippi State's um, over-under is at six and a half. I think just because of that schedule, you have you kind of have to take the under. I think between them and Auburn, they'll be going for seventh in the West this year, honestly. Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, Chauncey, I want to do a little math problem for you. All right. I, I, okay, I got to set it up, though. Average yard, uh, average worst-case scenario yardage for a check down. We'll say, what, three? Three yards? Is that a good number? Yeah, it works. Yeah. All right. So what is four times three? 12. 12. No. Four times three is the first down. So oh, huh. check oh. down McGee. I'll take that. Four times three is the first down. I'll take But it. that also requires that you play perfectly, and any lost yardage play that gets you off schedule at all means that a first down becomes impossible. Well, he's going to throw Penalties an and all that. He's mm-hmm. going to throw an actual pass every once in a while. But hitting check downs – and hitting them frequently is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you if it's all you do, maybe. But you know, he's not. I don't know. I think I think Will Rogers will be better than everybody thinks he is because a lot of what a lot of what that system does in the passing game is quick game, quick passing game. So it takes a lot of the read and it takes a lot of the unlearning out of it. It's just it's just catch, rip, and throw. Mm-hmm. And 
Jackson, Jackson Dart struggled to run an RPO when he came from the USC system. Yeah, I don't. Oh, well, maybe I don't know if they'll. I don't know if they'll do a ton of RPOs with with Will Rogers. They might. They might lean into what he does. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That that is valid. But we'll see, like, kind of how they do it because I don't think uh, Chase Bryce was that great at RPOs. They didn't really do a ton of right. RPOs. Appalachian State was not that great. They beat AM. They, well, they ran the hell out of the ball. They ran the hell out of the ball and they threw a quick game. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they're going to do that. And you have an offensive line that's not, that's going to have to figure out how to, it's, it's a slow start. And with that schedule, it could get sideways in a hurry. Oh yeah, it could get sideways in a hurry, but I mean, well, I think you know, not necessarily. I mean, Will Rogers is going to be bad. I think team wise, they're going to have some struggles, but system wise, uh, my, my, my hot take is Mike Wright is going to start the Egg Bowl. That I'm, is I'm my say, hot take. I'm going to say my hot take is he's not. <laughs> I don't think he will. I, I think scheme wise, I think Appalachian State is more intentional run, play action, and quick game. I don't think there's much RPOs. You think they are? Well, in the modern offense, if you're not running RPOs, modern defensive coordinators can really tee off on you. Mm -hmm. And you have to do some of that just to make the linebackers work. Because if the linebackers know what you're going to do in modern college football, it almost doesn't matter who you are and who you're playing against. If they know what you're going to do, they can stop it. Right. They can. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But Maha take uh, all that to say that I don't think Will Rogers is going to struggle all that much. So, Jake, who you got? I got Arkansas. So, woo pick. Oh, sorry. yeah, <laughs> So you talk about lows. We, we were talking about that earlier. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a low, uh, lower spot than what Arkansas was a few years ago when they got absolutely demolished on a fake fair catch, and then just got boat raced by North Texas. I mean, that, oh, that is yeah. pretty low. That is pretty low. Oh, and, the uh, Chad Morris era. Yeah. Oh, so, but what a special bring, era for them. Yeah. Was, and, Chad, was Chad Morris um, arrested? <laughs> what he did? He should have been. I said that like gals. Stealing front, <laughs> yeah. fraud and stealing money. Yeah. yeah. Great. So you brought in Sam Pittman a few years ago, and, and you pretty much – Rechanged your whole program. You've won 18 games in the last two years. Uh, last year wasn't that great, but there are some positives for, for Arkansas. You bring back KJ Jefferson, who's probably probably one of the best quarterbacks in, in the league. And you also have uh, Raheem Sanders, who is just an absolute beast at running back. So you have positives there. Uh, you have a great one-two punch with them guys. Uh, you, always, you always know that uh, an offensive line under Sam Pittman is going to be tough. Because he's an oh. offensive line guru, boss so, hog man, boss right. hog. Exactly. Um, so you got you got some help there. You're going to be able to run the ball, move move the the defensive line out out of the trenches a little bit. So there's some positives uh, there for you guys. Uh, again, Jefferson is one of the best uh, running quarterbacks in the country. Um, he ran for over 640 yards and nine scores, and he also hit 68 percent of his passes. Uh, you know, last year. So he's very talented defensively. Uh, you, you know, the, the defense is dead last in SEC in yards allowed and gave up over 30 points per game. You got to 
fits that. If you're going to have any success, especially in this conference, you can't give up 30 points in this conference you, or you are going to lose, no doubt about it. So you bring in a couple guys. Uh, you bring in uh, Ta, uh, Trajan, Trahan, Jeffcoat from Missouri and John Morgan from PA. Trajan, Jeff. Trajan, yeah. Uh, that J, that silent J always gets me. But uh, uh, to help Landon, he's, uh, he come, they come in to help Landon Jackson in the pass rush. Uh, there's size on the inside, but not a ton of experience. So you got to get those guys, uh, you know, get them prepared for, for a dueling SEC play. Losing linebackers, Drew Sanders and Liverpool hurts, uh, but you have some good, a good group of sophomores. Chris Paul Jr., which I didn't realize he retired from basketball to play baseball, uh, play football now. But anyway. Uh, well, he needed he, something to do other than the State Farm commercials. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, you also bring in the uh, South Florida transfer, Antonio Greer. He's a veteran, so you you brought some veteran leadership on that linebacker core as well. Uh, the secondary has to be a lot, lot stronger. Um, you do have an all-SC corner and Dwight uh, McLaughlin and safety Hudson Clark. Uh, but, again, your pass defense was given up close to 300 yards per game, so you gotta you got to fit that as well uh, if you're going to have any success this year. Um, Keeps the season, you got to come up with more third down stops. Um, you allowed over 45% of the third down chances, which is not bad, but it does kind of hurt later in the game. Um, and uh, you you got to – your best players, your key players is going to be uh, redshirt freshman Isaiah Setinega, uh, S-A-T-E-G-N-A. I can't say these words. Um Jay Jadon Wilson and Sam McBackey. Uh, so get them guys up to game speed. Your key game is at LSU, September 23rd. You was right there with them last year, 13 and 10 loss, but you didn't score. You didn't score at all. You barely had any kind of any kind of offensive game there. So you've got to work on that. You know, um, fun fact here: the total offense, uh, Arkansas had 6,128 yards. Of total offense, the opponents was had six thousand forty-seven yards. Uh, Arkansas gave up forty-two sacks. Opponents had thirty-one sacks against them, and two-point conversions that you were three out of five, which ain't bad on two-point conversions. And your opponents was four, oh, was five out of twelve. Uh, your win total was over as at seven. I think with that with that schedule, you know, I could I could see seven again. But you have you have LSU, AM, Ole Miss, Alabama, you know, and a and a four game five game stretch there, four game stretch there that's gonna be absolutely tough. So, you know, you're gonna to come play for them boys. Yes, it should be a segment of the show. Because I, I I did not know anything. I have to say people's names. And that's not me, by the way. The, the names the names are tough. Oh, Somebody's Willis. <laughs> By the way, um, just so everybody knows, and that th- this is probably as close to an, out- an announcement as we're going to get on the subject, but there's a picture of Jackson Dart, and it's titled Focused on September 2nd. There you go. So th- that's about as close to announcement as we're going to get, I think. It sounds like well, there's not much to announce. It's kind of like, you know, Carson Beck is not yet quarterback yeah. one, but. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we all, we all know <laughs> Notre Dame. 
Yeah, I we, can't we, say that. Notre Dame. I say Norda. 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 Norda Dame, eh? Yeah, it's Notre Dame, eh? It sounds try- like chi- sounds like Childers. I'm I'm trying to sound like uh like like Braun in our you know in 1923. Hmm. Trying to sound like like his family. Um. So- Speaking of which, that there's not going to be a 1923 the finale because Jeb was not here tonight. Yeah, we normally record that, that <laughs> here, so we're going to have to do that next week, which will put us a little bit behind the eight ball. We may have to do two shows back to back to where we do the finale and we review that, and then we do a show talking about how we think season two is going to go. Okay. So, but right. don't expect it this week. No, it ain't. It ain't happening this week. No, bruh. So yeah, it's not happening this week. So um, yeah, KJ and Rocket Duo is really strong. So I mean, you got that to work with Arkansas. Other than that, yeah, your defense got to have work. Arkansas is going to be a tough out, but I, I think there's some things that that they're going to struggle with. I think depth is going to be one thing. I think mm-hmm. I think the contrast between Kendall Bryles and Dan Enos is going to be very very tough on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I think people are going to understand when I talk about there's no such thing as a good football player. There's only a good football player that does something. People are going to be shocked at what KJ Jefferson looks like this year. That's going to like you talk about tough quarterback transitions. That's going to be one. Mm-hmm. So next week we're going to look at the tide uh, quarterback situation. What's going to happen there? Don't tell us yet, Jake. Um, but if you really want to know, I'm sure they're talking about it on Tide Talk Live. So we have. Uh, it, Israel and I are going to get back in the saddle here uh, and do a believe in Georgia dogs here pretty soon. Uh, some camp updates and things. Um, Steve is, we're going to talk about Old Miss, but if you want to hear Old Miss on the daily locked on Ole Miss. So check that out. Um, it's a very sweet Tigers hat, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Spencer Torkelson is leading the major, major league baseball in home runs in August. There you go. Mm-hmm. And he's still like 300 home runs behind the Braves. <laughs> Uh, it it doesn't matter. It's just the point where where we've been waiting on Riley Green, which by the way that that guy's a dude. Um, yeah, Torkelson and Kerry Carpenter to kind of emerge, and it's starting. It's like the gift with um Michael Sarah from Arrested Development. It's like it's really happening, isn't it? You know, if if it all works well and those pros, prospects become you know elite, the the future's bright for the Tigers. Yeah, and Max Clark is in Lakeland right now, the right. number three draft pick. We're waiting on him to go to the A-ball team mm-hmm. so I can go watch him play because it's friends and families only in the FCL. Although I, I, this, I'm about to say something that's completely sad and everybody in the chat is going to judge me. I sat in my pickup truck and watched an FCL game from across the street in a the park. <laughs> there you and, go. Yeah. <laughs> And board. Save that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So we're Jake and I are a couple spoiled Braves fans. Um yeah. we're spoiled, Jake. Let's just be honest about it. We're spoiled. We're, oh, wow. Los Tigres. Hey, we, we may have the best play in baseball in the Kuna Jr. I'm just be honest. And, and, and you got the, and you and you was it um Olsen. Yeah, yeah Olsen as well. Olsen is raking, dude. Yeah. Olsen leads yeah. Olsen leads the majors and homers. He does. But Acuna's still got like a 330 batting average. I mean, it's oh, Acuna is destroying the baseball right now, <laughs> too. Uh, Olsen just sends him into orbit. Right. Mm. I mean, this this team is ridiculous. Spencer Strider. 
Strider and Bryce Elder, you know. Bryce I mean, Elder. We've got Matt's free back, and he's been solid since he's been back from injury bug. So, and how about the Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah, McClanahan I mean, gets Tommy John, mm-hmm. and then you have the thing that's happening with Wander Franco, where he apparently has like a fourteen-year-old girlfriend. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I hear about I hear, that. I hear that's illegal. Yeah, yeah. He he's in the um whatever the administrative unable to you know. He's basically being injured list. He's not on the roster at the moment while the investigation is going underway. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I could tell you that um, that probably won't end well for him. Mm-mm. No, probably not. And then it definitely won't end well for him once he gets yeah. inside. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see what exactly happens there, but. Stacy, I, I love that people <coughs> describing somebody as a unit is, is hilarious to me. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It just sounds so like that dude's a unit. <laughs> the big unit. The big the unit. Because that's all I think about when I hear the word unit. So, and Braves won today two nothing. So that's what the Yankees. Oh, yeah, that's even better. Love sweeping the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Who pitched so, today? I remember. Anyway, Charlie Morton did okay. Yeah, <laughs> just frowned upon, <laughs> like masturbating on an airplane. Oh my god! That's All what right. Stacy says in the chat. <laughs> well, we had a clean rating up until the last minute of the show, Corey. <laughs> hey, blame Stacy. I mean, I Ron burgundied it, but yeah, blame blame Stacy on that one. Okay, well, let's get out of here then, shall we? Let's do it. All right, we are SEC After Dark. We hope you enjoyed these previews. Catch us anywhere you catch your podcast. Catch Jake, Tide Talk Live. Catch me, Believe in Georgia Dogs. Catch Steve, Locked on Ole Miss. Catch Jeb whenever he finally does a show. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. So, um, yeah, Derek Vandegrift has um, done three, by the way. Okay, yeah. so Derek He's Vandegrift. He's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, it's um the dugout with Dids and Chad Flowers, who is going to be a participant weekly on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Um, he did the Brad and Chad podcast. Re- so, really, really good, really good broadcaster. So when is he, when is he going to have uh, when is he going to have uh, Chad Powers on his show? <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about the Holy Grail for an interview for Ole Miss people? It's probably Eli. Yeah, yeah. That would, Eli, that that is abs. So whoever can have Chad Powers is probably like a race to get him. That would that would be sick, dude. Steve, mm-hmm. I, I'm rooting for you to get to be the first to get Eli. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I don't know if there's any way I could not fanboy enough to do it though. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just be like I'm totally like I did an interview with Bill Flowers this today, and I was like fanboying on that. It's like I remember when you know me, me and Stacy had uh, George Teague on our show one time. And, you know, it was absolutely hard to fanboy, you know, talking to him. So, oh, know, did did he did he break down the play? Oh gosh, I, I think we asked him about it. Uh, it's oh, been, you better yeah, have asked yeah, him about that we, play. Yeah, we, we asked him about it, but so it was. It was fun. It, it was, I, it was, I, was, I was this close to getting 
Champ Bailey on. Oh man, I meant to go in too. Um, he uh, they had some scheduling conflict stuff during Sugar Bowl stuff, and and he mm-hmm. couldn't come on. But I was we were this close to having Champ Bailey. I would have definitely probably fanboyed that, but I don't care. Um, Matt, my my friend Matt had uh, Joe Thomas on his show. I'm cool. Totally fanboyed, but mm-hmm. the interview turned out great. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, it, I know that he has nothing to do with the SEC, but we need to get Ed Reed on for just for Becky. <laughs> I'll fanboy on that one too. I love yeah, Ed Reed. Ed Reed's fantastic. He is. And was the coach of four day or Bethune Cookman for like four days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and decided what the hell am I getting into? Yeah, then, oh, then yeah. Ain't, this ain't worth it, man. <laughs> yeah. And Stacy actually got to meet him last season, so that was pretty cool. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, here we go. So, we are SEC After Dark. Stephen Willis, Jake Thomas, Corey Burton. We'll see you back here next week. Better than ever, we are SEC After Dark, presented by Dead Soxie. We'll see you back here next week. So long, and go dogs. Hotty toddy. Roll tide. Anchor down. Jeff. Anchor down. Hey, boy, anchor down, man. Go vain. Go, go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.